Hi everyone, and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. My name's Amelia, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Anime Feminist, and I'm joined today by Dee, Peter, and Vry. If you'd like to introduce yourselves. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Dee Hogan. I'm a writer and an editor for Anifem, as well as the contributor liaison and, uh, I don't know, office admin? Scheduling czar? Uh, I make spreadsheets, and then I remind people to update the Trello boards. I, I also run the Joyce Next Door, a friendly neighborhood anime blog. Um, it's kind of just turned into a hub for my freelance writing, but I mean, I do crank out some exclusives every once in a while. And uh, you can also hang out with me on Twitter or Tumblr at Jose Next Door. I'm Peter Phobian. I'm a fo- associate features contributor and editor at Crunchyroll, and a contributor and editor for Anime Feminist. And uh, I'm Fry Kaiser. I'm a contributor and editor and whatever Amelia needs done at the moment for Anifem. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Writer Vry, or if you just throw Vry Kaiser into Google, you will find all the things I do, freelancing at various places, or recapping and being tired all of the time. Because <laughs> I, I recap Steven Universe, oh, and my they goodness. hate me. <laughs> yeah, so what we're getting from the intros is that I am a lot better at teamwork than I was six months ago, which is really relevant because Anifem is six months old. Yeah. Uh, Hooray! Yay! We turned six months old on the 11th of April 2017, and it has been quite a six months, or seven months actually, because we all got involved a month before launch. So I just want to run through quickly how each of us got involved in NFM. Um, we'll start with me, because it was my original idea um, to have some kind of collaborative blog. I really wanted some kind of feminist space on the internet Um, and around I think July last year I'd been talking about it with a friend of Anafem, Frogkun, for months and we've been discussing different ideas of how you could have some kind of collaborative feminist space in anime fandom and then in August I think I'd been publishing pieces on the Mary Sue and it was becoming really evident that a space like that was badly needed um, I bought a domain name, thanks to Peter, actually, and Peter can tell that story. Um, and then in early September, I published my last piece on the Mary Sue and got kind of dogpiled by people who did not want to hear a feminist point of view. And I'd already bought the domain name by then. I already had this kind of thing in motion, um, but it really solidified the fact that we needed this kind of space. So I sent out an email that week to a bunch of people that I knew which is the category that Peter's in. People that I knew of but hadn't really interacted with, which is the category that D is in. And also people that those people recommended, which is the category that Vry is in. So I'm really glad to have the three of you here kind of talking about your experiences of getting involved. It will have been, I guess, mid-September, early mid-September. And then we launched on October 11th. So D, how was your experience of getting involved with Anifem at the time? Yeah, so um, you reached out to uh, just different writers who, um, again, you like you said, you were kind of familiar with, and uh, you asked if I wanted to join uh, the team. And this was, I want to say, like five days before I had a trip planned to England. And <laughs> I was writing, like I was trying to juggle like some different pieces for different sites. I thought I might be doing more weekly vlogging that season. And I saw this and I went, oh, I want to do this, but there's no way I can commit to this right this second. So I wrote you back and, were, and was basically like, this sounds amazing and I want to be involved, but I don't know if I can. Is that okay? Like, can you keep me up to speed? And if I, you know, if I, if I do end up having the availability, I would love to help out. And um, you were like, yeah, that's fine. I'll keep you in the loop. And so you kind of brought me into the group, um, even though I was so wishy-washy about it to start. And um, and then kind of as I as I was sort of trolling the 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 groups and kind of paying attention to people's conversations. And I really liked what you guys were talking about, what you wanted to do with the site. And I was like, okay, I I will make time for this. I want to be a part of this. And so I kind of shuffled some of my other uh, work around that I wasn't even that like, it wasn't like I pushed off things I was really excited about um, to do this, which I was really excited about. You stopped writing for Nazis. I did stop. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, well, there were other things going on there too that are not even interesting. Like it's it's just business work stuff. Yeah, and then I kind of just slowly got more and more involved. Like, I started doing some different pieces. I started kind of, you know, offering up some 
um, ideas when you would ask us for like advice on the site. And then all of a sudden it was like, hey, we need a contributor liaison. I was like, oh, me, me, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and, and I'm then so I kinda... glad you did. I don't think people realize oh, how much you. you do for the site because I, I don't talk about it very much. I don't talk about people's specific contributions very much unless they make it clear that they're happy with it because there have been times when being publicly associated with Anafem has come with a lot of baggage and I try not to inflict that on people. But the longer we go on and the more comfortable we are in our space and the more of a community we have around us kind of supporting us, um, the less of a risk it feels to talk about specific contributions. But for anyone unaware, Dee is the person who herds me um, which is badly needed. I'm the massive bottleneck of the site. And that's kind of, that's a hangover from the earliest days when I couldn't pay anyone to do anything. People really like wanted to believe in the site, but they didn't have anything to believe in yet. So I didn't really feel comfortable bringing people in to do the heavy lifting at that stage because they that was asking them to put themselves out on quite a limb. So I did a lot myself. And over time, we are chipping away at that and getting me out of that bottleneck and getting other people who are more reliable and consistent and organized into that space. And Dee is currently the facilitator of that space. So she deals with emails, the, the um, Trello board, our project management aspect, and also just getting us organized logistics-wise for things like this podcast. So thank you, Dee, hugely for your contributions there. It's massively appreciated every day. You are very welcome. I, and I do like spreadsheets, so it kind of works out. <laughs> and Peter, how did you get involved? Well, I remember we basically first met because of uh, ReZero. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think you just commented on one of, I, I wrote like, I don't know, 12 articles about that series when it was coming out. And we got in touch on Twitter and uh, we just had a lot of really awesome discussions about the series. And I remember really liking your perspective since uh, usually people are pretty uh, polarized regarding Subaru and some of the female characters. Um, it's either like love it or hate it, but, uh, you were very, um, this is what stood out to me. Uh, you were unapproving of what Subaru did, but not like condemning. You still didn't think that he wasn't worthy of empathy, I guess. And correct me if I'm wrong. That was just the perception I got. Um, that feels but, like a real bare minimum for humanity, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 Willing yeah. to extend empathy. You think so, but, uh... <laughs> I, I, it stood out, so maybe not. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that got us talking. We basically talked regularly for, uh, I guess it was a pretty long time between that and NFM. Yeah, months, um, yeah. I don't, my memory of this is pretty addled because it was during PAX and I was sleep deprived, but we were basically like <laughs> messaging. That's how I got him involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was at PAX West. We were messaging back and forth pretty much constantly uh, about, um, we were doing some, both thinking, thinking of like some blog stuff. And I guess you came across the don't domain for NFM. And, of course, we were both shocked that nobody had taken AnimeFeminist.com. <laughs> You're being uh, sarcastic when you say shocked, though, right? Yeah, That's an air quotes. Yes. <laughs> great. Cynicism, yeah. um, I love how you just described it, by the way, where you were basically like, oh, people were harassing me, but I, I already had the domain, so sunk cost fallacy or something like that. So I had to go through <laughs> with it. Yeah, but, That's not quite how it yeah, was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, I remember I was just like, oh, man, you should totally do this, assuming you're willing to, like, put yourself on that cross, because uh, I, I felt like you would be a really good voice, and uh, I guess we just kept talking about it, and the idea got bigger and bigger and more developed, and you seemed to get, like, pretty excited about it. We both had talked about the Mary Sue and agreed that there was really no space like that for anime, specifically. I don't even know where it kind of go from went from there. We, like, uh, got a bunch of contributors together and just sort of kept talking about it and then next thing I knew you were writing up all the stuff and then announcing it and here we are it's just a blur I see I think I remember that much more clearly than you do then uh, I, I have an awful memory and <laughs> specifically when you got the domain I was like operating on three hours of sleep per night so yeah no uh, entirely fair um, it's just like a I... dream to me what, what it, um, a good dream, hopefully. Yeah, good dream. Um, what what happened was I we were talking about the name names in general for anime blogs. Yeah. And I went back to um, like one two three reg and looked up a domain name that I'd noticed in January had not been taken, which was animefeminist.com. And I went back in August. And I looked at it, or September, and I looked at it and I said, huh, it's still there, big surprise, who would turn down this prime piece of troll bait? Um, and you said, you know what, that would actually be a really good domain name for a site that was a lot more collaborative with more writers. 
And I went, oh, no, it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> then I was thinking about it all day, and that evening I bought it. Oh, so did I plant the from seed? From there. Is it my- <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, like I said, I've been talking about it with Frog for months. We have okay. been talking about the, the prospects or the possibilities of some kind of space to discuss anime from a, a different perspective than is uh, dominant in fandom at the moment, or was dominant at the time, I guess. Um, and when I, I brought this this domain name up as a joke, haha, animefeminist.com, can you look at that? And you took it quite seriously and said, well, actually, that would be a really good name for a site with bigger scope. And I just went, oh, yeah, it really would. And started thinking about it and the wheels were turning. And a few hours later, I remember I was on the bus home from work. and I was like, OK, fine, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I'm quite impulsive like that. And, and I'm sure you guys have seen this about me is there will be weeks when I get so much done. And I do, I will just obsessively work on Anifem. And this, the pre-launch period was one of those times. And I went straight into emailing everybody that I knew and respected in the space and asking them, you know, recommend me other people. I definitely don't know everyone who's worth knowing. Um, And that is still the case, by the way. So if you're listening to this and thinking, I want to be involved too, please get in touch. We desperately want more representation. Absolutely. And I just, yeah, I got... an amazing amount of responses back. I expected eight out of the people I emailed, and in fact, it was over twenty who said that wow. they were, yeah, who said that they were keen to be involved, and that eventually reduced to the kind of nine or ten we have now who kind of actively input. Of which I think maybe I don't know seven of us are involved in the actual day-to-day running of Anafem. Um, so it's yeah, from there we've built our six months. So. Um, Vry, what was your experience like? You were someone I had never spoken to. I'd never read your work, <laughs> which, you know, now I'm very sad about because your work is amazing. Oh, yeah, it was. Well, and I don't it, it was understandable because at the time you emailed me, I had I had come off of blogging Utana, which was a really, really probably probably still one of the things I'm most proud of, but was very exhausting. And also at that time, I wasn't really keeping up with with present uh, anime you know once in a while I would pick up an older show to binge and follow because there's always a backlog but I wasn't (laughs) I wasn't really part of the contemporaneous conversation so I think you heard about me from Caitlin who had found my uh, write-up of of Fujiko Mine which was like one of the last real one of the last times I was really on the ball with something that was airing and so I got a, a, a Twitter DM from you, at which point, who I had never heard of, at which point I promptly <laughs> um, sent sent a message to D, like, is this a troll? Oh, is no. this a weird <laughs> tactic? I, I think no I remember that. Yeah, I think I do remember you being like, so I got an email from an Amelia. Do you know any about an anime film? What is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got one too. You're good. And I was like, cool, we can be on the team together. <laughs> right, because... Because I'd known D for a while, um, I found you because I think I was feeling nostalgic about Zoocyte, and you had just reached his introduction when you were uh, recapping Sailor Moon. Oh yeah. So I was like, oh yes, I, I must have this experience. <laughs> <laughs> and th- so yeah, originally I was like, well, I'm I'm poor already, so I can't really offer a lot of free work, but I have all these sort of evergreen pieces of content that you can totally, you know, reprint or link to, and that might get you some some baseline content for the site while you're getting on your feet, and that turned into uh, me just kind of lurking around. I think I did one of the first contributor pieces that the site had where I was, where I rewrote one of my really old pieces talking about uh, what garbage I am for school days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then that that's just kind of um, evolved over time as the Patreon kind of took off to me being down. And since I work from home, I, I'm available to do like curative posts. I put together the link posts every week, that kind of thing. Uh, just day to day things that are kind of low effort, but take a lot of time Yeah, uh, that I just have time to do and, and enjoy doing and having and being able to ensure that there is content for people to look at when they come by, even if you know, it takes a little longer for the full pieces to come together. Yeah. And again, that is absolutely invaluable. It's a huge contribution. And I am trying to pull myself away from this day to day because it, it's just not my strength. But you guys are so good at it. 
and you really make sure that the site keeps running. Whereas if it were down to me, it would have died so many times by now. So I really don't want people to underestimate the amount of contribution that all three of you, because Peter edits the podcast and Peter is also my, I don't know a good way to put this, but when I'm thinking of something relating to Anafem, Peter is often the first person I go to. Um, and we kind of talk it through. So you're kind of the person I bounce off quite a lot, I think, as well as, you know, all the kind of practical stuff that you do behind the scenes as well. So the three of you, you know, a really core part of keeping Anafem running the way it does, and you're going to be an even bigger part of getting it running even better in the future. I hope so. I'm, I'm very proud of, of how the site's evolved over time and that we've kind of built a little audience of very nice people, mostly. Let's start looking at that because what we did to celebrate our six months was we asked on Twitter for questions and we've had some really amazing questions. We've actually had so many that I think we're going to have to split this into two podcasts. And this episode, we're going to look specifically at the questions that we're relating to Anafem. So I'm going to ask the questions and I'm really interested to hear what you guys think, um, because we could just spend the next 40 minutes with me telling everyone <laughs> like what kind of a job I think I've done and what I want to see in the next month, uh, coming months. But we don't often hear as much from you guys, and I'm really interested to know. So question one was from Marion B, who is at Marion B Writes on Twitter. And she says, in those six months running out of femme, what did you guys enjoy the most? And what was the biggest challenge? So who wants to start that one? Okay, so for what I enjoyed the most, uh, I am going to give the most shonen answer of all: friendship. <laughs> Yay! Um, no, like, and I, it's you know, it's kind of it's it's a little bit cheesy, but I really getting to know the rest of the Anifem staff, um, you know, not just as coworkers but as friends. We, you know, we disagree about stuff, but we're always pretty. Everyone's really chill about it, and we, and then we, you know, we we get to vent. We uh, have conversations about what shows we're really liking this year. We get all excited together. And um, things have been a little rough in the world the last six months. Uh, don't say. Yeah. <laughs> really? Um, and so having that community to talk to about, you know, not just anime, but, you know, just kind of like what's going on and how we're all doing. And it's, that's, been, that's been really nice um, and, and, you know, beneficial, I think, in a lot of ways. So uh, that's what I've probably enjoyed the most. Um, I also like working with contributor pieces, but we can talk about that a little bit more later, I think. The biggest challenge for me is making sure that Amelia sleeps sometimes. <laughs> um, she'll, I'll, I'll shoot out a slack from, uh, from you know, central time zone at like 9 p.m. my time, and she'll respond, and I'm like, no, go to bed. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you have work in the morning, miss. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, um, I think the biggest challenge is uh, kind of figuring out how to balance the fact that I really want to do a lot with this site with the fact that realistically I too have to sleep. Kind of finding that place, you know, where when to say yes and when to say no and, and when I can go, okay, well, I can offer up a little more help here and there um, and not overloading myself because I do have a history of doing that and it's not a good thing. So um, trying to keep myself not, you know, going whole hog in on this because I do have a nine to five as well. So... Um, that's probably been the biggest challenge on my end. I mean, that's a challenge for me too. Like how much can I ask of you guys, especially the unpaid stuff? I mean, I do pay you for admin, but I pay you for a limited amount of admin per week. And there are times when you offer to take on more than that. So kind of figuring out how much I can reasonably ask of you and also making it clear that you can say no to things. Like this goes for all of you. You know, I try to make sure that I'm really clear that you can say no to things and it's not a problem but I don't, I don't know how successful I am with that because you all take on so much. Well, and half the time I'm the one going to you going, hey, Amelia, I like to do this thing. Let me do this thing. And you're like, oh, I don't know. It's a lot of work. And I'm like, no, no, I want to do this thing. Just please let me do it. I am getting um, so much better at saying yes to those. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate asking for help, but when you offer it, I'm starting to realize that actually taking you up on that is just enormous. It the makes better a course. big difference. Yes, well, and it, exactly. It, and honestly, it took me a little while to get to the point where I would offer because like, it was kind of that sense of like, well, you know, I don't want it to, I don't want it to like be stepping on toes. I don't want it to look <laughs> like I'm like, like I'm like taking over the site because that oh is not God. at all the intent. No, please take um, it over, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, if only, um, if only I didn't have that nine to five. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> but so, and so getting, and so that was, you know, part of that, that when to, when to offer and when to say no was kind of that, also that sense of, 
um, will Amelia mind if I, if I, you know, uh, volunteer to, to take this on? Um, kind of getting over that, that sort of hesitancy there um, and just being like, hey, yo, let me do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Even better than that. Like these days you've started like going into my DMs and saying, I've done this thing. Can you just take a look? <laughs> and it's, it's fantastic. The work is just done. Yeah, sometimes done. that happens. You and Peter have both done that actually just kind of surprised me with, hey, I've done this little bit of admin. I thought you might be interested. <laughs> and it's, it's like exactly what I was thinking of. So yeah, perfect. Please do more. Awesome. <laughs> How about you, Vry? I guess like Dee said, the community has been really nice because like I said, it gives me a reason to be back kind of on the pulse of what's happening in anime, which has, you know, I've been watching since I was five and really kind of fallen to the edges of it in recent years. And so this is a reason to not just have to keep up because content, but also because there are people I really enjoy discussing it with. And that's kind of nice to have. Um, I, I really, and I really love that this can be a thing where, you know, I come to, hey, Amelia, do, do you mind if I write about this 70s manga that I really love so much and only two other people have read besides me? And, she, and you say, yeah, sure, do the thing. It's really <laughs> nice. And we get really positive responses for that as well. We got so many tweets of people, with that got retweeted quite a lot as well. And we got so many people saying, I've never heard of this and I'm so grateful to see it and I hope it gets licensed again someday, which is exactly your intent in putting that piece up. Read from Eroica with love, internet. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> take, take and those two readers companies. are hardcore fans as well. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, and um, the biggest challenge is probably, it, it can be frustrating because we are, you know, our, our budget is limited by what we can do with the Patreon. So I probably have the the loosest schedule of anyone on the team you know as a freelancer I work by project instead of by hour so I'm usually up at like two in the morning just having a nervous breakdown over manuscript editing and that kind of stuff uh, so but there are things that I I want to take on like you know doing the throwback posts or doing more premieres that yeah. kind of thing and we just we just don't have the budget for yeah. it and at the moment, the way it works is that I put those posts up and instead of taking a fee, I pay that money to D to take care of admin. And without that, the admin wouldn't happen. So there's that's kind of a non-negotiable arrangement. But because of that, it means that I can't hand over those kinds of posts just yet. So in weeks when I'm particularly busy, they just don't happen. And it's far from ideal. Um, but it is going to change once we get more patrons. So we're just in the kind of space right now where we have enough money to do some things but not as much as we want to and I think that goes for all of us definitely it's it's definitely a team-wide concern yeah and Peter I actually really like a lot of these responses so far I, uh, <laughs> I and also the fact that uh, I, the like Amelia from this is like learning the main lesson of One Piece which is to ask for help from your friends <laughs> this is very shonen actually um, I, I would That's say <laughs> One of my favorite things is kind of uh, the area we have to discuss things because I think one of the attractive aspects about Anime Feminist from the get-go uh, for many of us was the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of this around um, for anime uh, in regards to content, but also just space for discussion since it's, it's kind of hard to have these sort of discussions on Twitter. So in addition to seeing a lot of the content we like, it also has created a space where we can talk about these aspects of anime or it, particularly in my case here, these sort of things. Um, since a lot of it is from perspectives that I don't really have and can't appreciate, um, or I, I guess I can't appreciate it, but I, I, I get to learn <laughs> about it in the course of these discussions. So uh, that would probably be my favorite aspect of it. Also uh, podcasting, because essentially I think that's the funnest content to make. Uh, whereas writing, it's very structured, but in podcasts it's a bit looser, and it's basically just an excuse to talk and voice chat with a lot of cool people. So that's been a good experience. <laughs> Seconded. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, the biggest challenge is probably uh, some surprising aspects of site maintenance. I think a lot of the stuff that we thought was going to be really hard was a actually rolled out fairly simply. Uh, but then there's stuff like uh, taking stances on certain issues that are brought to us, how we want to uh, handle our policy regarding comments on the website, which you th like stuff that would seem would be clear cut turns out to turn into kind of a quagmire because uh, you want to create like an open space for people to have controversial opinions. But you also want to make sure that everybody's approaching it with, like, good intentions. I think that's probably, like, the, the hardest thing to do in regards to the website, at least from my perspective. Yeah, we don't have a rubber stamp. Stop asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really hard. And we get what will happen when we get a difficult comment is someone will link to it in, in our 
kind of group space and we'll say you know what do you guys think this is my this is this is my impression this is what I would do if it were up to me what do you think and you know I'm I'm quite open to people challenging me and there have been times when I've been quite gung-ho about something and you guys have talked me down from it Um, and that's happened with our comments as much as anything Um, we do have quite a strong moderating policy I think if we're erring on the side of caution with things there might be comments that seem quite innocuous that other sites would green light that we look at and we say this is too close to the line so figuring out where we stand within that gray area is quite difficult definitely yeah and usually like if it's a uh, like i think we've approved some pretty questionable stuff too uh, but yeah, usually if, if it's how it's phrased uh, like if they if they approach as a question if they're inquiring about it even if mm. it's just like wow the, what you think about this is like really really problematic uh, if they're asking a question rather than telling somebody, especially talking down to them, I think we're more inclined to improve it because they uh, seem to be seeking knowledge as opposed to just talking down to other people or telling them that they're wrong. This is it. Like the relevant mm-hmm. part of our comments policy is this good faith clause is that we, we need to believe you to be acting in good faith. And we will extend that as far as we can. But, you know, if we know you on Twitter and you, you show no good faith there and then you come and comment on our site, then obviously your comments aren't going to be approved no matter what the content is. I think that's just entirely reasonable. Your personality is consistent across your social media platforms. You don't get the luxury of that division because we don't as well. Yeah, we know there's no good faith. Yeah, we know there's no good faith. There's going to be no positive outcome for our readers who are our priority. Mm. Whereas there's some stuff that's posted where it's, it's people who are enthusiastic but misguided. And yeah, absolutely, we'll we'll approve that, but we'll try and comment on it straight away and we'll try to respond to the person straight away to correct any kind of misconceptions or to try and reach common ground. But it is a constant struggle to figure out where that line is. So, it's a yeah. hard way to do it, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so from my perspective, um, I've really enjoyed building a community. Now, we've talked about this a lot. Something that I think I can say here is that we're actually looking to build a community like the one we currently have as a team, we're looking to extend that to our patrons. So that's a a work in progress that I hope you'll all keep an eye out for. But it really is so amazing to have this space to talk about anime from a feminist perspective, to not be challenged on certain things that get challenged every time. Like, I'm so fed up of answering questions about, but why is fan service a problem? It's, It's... such a basic level of conversation that I would rather avoid if I can. And in our space, talking about anime, we don't have to deal with those questions because we understand that even if we disagree on things, we we can focus on the things that we do agree on and we can have productive conversations out of that. So it's, it's fantastic to have a space like that. But also the wider space that we're currently building in Twitter, in Facebook. I don't know how much time you guys spend on the Facebook page, um, but we get some really great comments there. So I, I don't think I've been on Facebook in three, three months. I'm sure <laughs> it's doing very well. <laughs> it's doing better than I expected. I mean, it's it's not been, we've not utilized it as well as we could by far because we have people who will engage with absolutely everything we put up and I see you and I appreciate your support massively and I do intend to engage with you more. So that's one of the many, many things that's on my to-do list <laughs> for the next six months. Sleep. Um, Remember to sleep. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we can discuss that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the community that we're building in, in, in Twitter, in Facebook, in the comments of our posts, like, it's absolutely wonderful. In our Patreon space as well. I mean, you guys don't have access to that. And I'm so sad about that because our Patreons say some amazing things. And it's so much fun talking to them. Knowing in advance that the people you're speaking to are allies. They are supporters. They really want you to succeed. Like, that feels so good. And it's uh, it's been wonderful. I went into this project expecting to be beaten down and, you know, coming into it, especially having just been dogpiled for two weeks, I think, and then having that die down a bit. And then we launched Anifem and it all flared up again. And I thought, oh, great, this is the way it's going to be now. Um, and it's completely died down. We've had so many people rise up and support us publicly to say, yes, this is something we wanted to see. It means so much. Biggest challenge. <laughs> really need to get out of this bottleneck. Right now, Anafem mm. is still too tied to me. And if I'm having a busy week, 
stuff doesn't get done and that's not the way it should be it's not the way I want it to be I really want to be able to pay other people to do all of this instead of me but I feel very uncomfortable asking people to do it for free I think if I ask you to do something as a one-off that's a favor that's helpful I don't mind asking if I'm asking you to do it every week it's a job and it should be compensated as such so I'm very reluctant to give that work away just yet but at the same time I'm not always very good at keeping up with it by myself so that's continuing to be the biggest challenge but things are better now as an example our recent premiere reviews I didn't do all of them I did out of the 24 I did a selection and Vry did a selection and Dee did a selection and that was again you guys coming to me and saying we're willing to do this let us do it and I'm so glad I took you up on that so it is getting better but there's a long way to go to get it to the point that I want it to be where we're consistent we're reliable we're a much more distributed delegated organization okay so question two is how much of what you're doing now is a surprise to you? Like what's unexpected and what's not? And that's from Quiet Dove at the Platinum Dove on Twitter. So who wants to start this one? I can. I, I don't think I expected to be as involved as I am, especially not in day-to-day -day stuff. Because uh, I figured, I, I don't, I, well, I guess I've never done anything like this. So I didn't know how much daily maintenance and thing and, um, kinds of I guess I I expected it to be more like experiences I'd had with other websites where it was very cold not not cold exactly but already automated and this has been very in there from the ground and it, it was not a burden to take on things you know I wanted to I feel a, an almost a, a more personal stake in this than I expected that when I when I assumed I'd just come in pop in and contribute a piece or two now and then yeah, definitely. I think that's been, <laughs> I've been amazed by how much other people have been involved. I thought it was just going to be me for a really long time. And actually you guys started stepping in and taking on much more very quickly. We like this cool thing you put together. So <laughs> yeah, we I'm help. really pleased. Well, it's our cool thing now, which is so much better. Peter, your thoughts? I guess uh, I probably, well, first of all, I didn't think I'd be editing a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I was definitely advocating for a podcast early on. I thought it'd be a great idea. Um, got some pushback, but I guess we overcame that. <laughs> That's his polite way of saying that I flat out objected to there being any podcast anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so, you came around though. Yeah, uh, I did come around. <laughs> yeah, but I'd, I'd only done a bit of like audiovisual editing back in high school. So uh, it's just like Anita Rose and I, th I thought um, I could probably handle it. And it just sort of turned into like my contribution to the site, just like everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. That's kind of how it just fell out. The kids these days like these podcasts, I've been told. <laughs> Communicating through an audiovisual media, yes. Yeah. These, and also, these uh, interweb uh, radios they speak of. <laughs> yeah, we're all old. As... <laughs> <laughs> we're not that old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's unexpected? Hey, who hasn't answered yet? Oh, I D haven't. Um, D yeah, I... Okay, so I... I can't wrap my head around the idea that I am kind of a respected voice in the anime community. Like, I get people who who want my opinions on things. Um, Amelia, I remember we were talking the other day and you made some comment to the effect of, like, you'd kind of been following my work for a while and, like, we're in kind of a senpai notice me situation. Yes, massively. <laughs> and I don't, I'm somebody's, I'm, I'm a senpai? I don't understand. <laughs> um, and, I mean, like, I, you know, like, you see, like, like the other day, I, I was kind of joking about how I hit 100 Twitter followers, so I'm a big deal now. Um, 100? But it's but it's weird, and that's really, like, I just, I've, to me, I'm just geeking out with my friends about anime, like, I've been doing since high school, like, so that kind of deal, and then, like, I had a contributor who was, like, who I um, was editing their work, and they were like, oh, I really like your site, and I was like, oh, people know about me. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I think that's been kind of this unexpected thing that I'm never probably going to get used to. Um, and Anifem has definitely, um, been a big, the past six months, I think things have taken off a lot more. And I think that the involvement with Anifem has been part of that. Um, and it's, it's, it's way too much pressure and I'm definitely going to screw up. So, <laughs> uh, be patient with me when I do. 
Um, but yeah, no, that I think that's been really unexpected on my end is, um, and not just and not just me, like Anifem as a whole. Like I see, you know, people who come to us and are like, "You guys are doing a really good thing here." Um, I love reading what you have on the site, the recommendations, the reviews, and um, that's how quickly I think it it took off in certain areas. And again, I mean, we're we're still like not like enormous, but people have heard of us. And that's that's really cool, but also kind of surprising. So I, it, it's neat. Yeah. D meant a thousand followers, by the way. She used to be I was gonna super, say. super humble. Yeah. <laughs> really modest. Like a magnitude humble. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I Yeah, I just misspoke. Um, yeah, no, I hit a thousand. I was like, yeah, big deal. I um, mean, it supports your point yes. that you're more popular than you think. So Yeah. We see what you did there. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew I'd read your work on the Mary Sue. It was because I read your work on the Mary Sue that I decided to pitch to the Mary Sue. Like you are the reason for that. So right. thanks for the dogpiling, <laughs> I guess. But... Oh no! <laughs> actually, actually, come to think of it, you are because your Cora piece got picked up by the Mary Sue, and I was like, "How'd you do that?" And that was how I ended up pitching the Steven Universe recaps to ah. them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I told you I was like, dude, just submit to this form. You'll you'll do great. Um, I remember that. <laughs> and then I didn't get paid for a year and a half. <laughs> well, none of us did. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I have never invoiced the Mary Sue for my work, <laughs> so I have been completely unpaid. So you got harassed for free. <laughs> I got harassed for free, and it's entirely down to my disorganization. So anyone who's really offended that I haven't read your email or responded in time, like remember, it impacts me too. <laughs> or who think you're just in choosing... it for the money obviously that's not <laughs> yeah. correct <laughs> yeah, yeah all, all that money the mary sue were giving me yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. those um, sweet, from... sweet feminist dollars <laughs> oh yeah those feminist blogging dollars i'm about to mine them with this site <laughs> that is a legitimate criticism we get by the way all that i specifically get is that people say i'm in this for the the reputation and the dollars and Oh boy, <laughs> there's just so much wrong with both of those points. Um, for me, I'm I'm just so amazed that we have a comment section. I wasn't going to open up comments. I mean, Peter's probably the best person to give an account of this because he was the one saying, we should have a comment section. I was saying, nope, we cannot possibly open the comment section. And he just kept suggesting it. And then eventually I said, okay, we can give it a try under very specific circumstances. I opened it up to the group, got some feedback. And then we opened a comment section. It was completely fine. Um, same with the podcast. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, Peter saying, we should have a podcast. I was like, nope, absolutely not. Not going to happen. And then, you know, months later, here we are. And soon, again, exciting announcements, uh, we will have some kind of convention presence in real, real person form in front of other real people. So <laughs> keep tuned for that. Um, but yeah, just the, the fact that it's so interactive, I think at the beginning I was so focused on self-preservation that I really, really needed that barrier between me and other people. But again, the responsibility has been shared. There are many more of us now. We have more of a supportive community around us. We can afford to interact more and to be more honest, to be more open, to be more honest. That's not quite what I mean. Um, I, I find it very difficult to speak in an unguarded space if that makes sense. So when I speak on Twitter, everything's quite carefully edited. There's a lot of stuff that I've written and then deleted. Um, same for comments under our posts. I edit a lot of what I write. It takes me a long time to write emails and, and tweets, etc. because yeah, a lot of what I've written has been screenshotted and passed around and made viral. So <laughs> once you've had that happen a few times, you get a bit careful with how you phrase things. And a podcast is an example of something that I can't really protect myself. So I see, I say things like just now, yeah, it's really great to be more honest, which implies that I've been lying before. And that's not what I mean at all. And in this space, I can't really edit that. Um, but it, it just kind of building up the courage to be able to do that and put myself in that position and just trust that at this point, people know me well enough to know what I mean. Um, that there are supportive people who will give me the benefit of the doubt that I so badly need. Um, and that if I really do need something edited out, I can say, please edit that. It doesn't come across like how I meant at all. And the fact that I've been able to build up that confidence to the point where we have a, an open comment section, we have a podcast that we will be in front of real people, that bit still scares me, by the way, then that's been a huge surprise to me. Okay, next question. 
How did you become what you wanted in regards to media criticism? And do you have any advice on that front? And that's from Quiet Dove at the Platinum Dove on Twitter. Uh, well, as far as becoming where we are now, I think it was mainly just kind of. I think uh, there's obviously a lot of uh, feminist bloggers in the anime community, uh, or I, a good number, I'd say. Uh, and um, I, I know none of them have really gotten the attention that anime feminist has, and I think that was literally just because Amelia sort of just. So Amelia sort of took the like the burden of the the feminist label upon herself and made a collaborative site, which wasn't just one person with their own opinions on feminism, but was sort of a location where everybody could sort of come with their opinions and have an open discussion. Uh, one thing that really made me interested in the idea of this site uh, was basically the discussion on Twitter was very surface level. Uh, you mentioned before, like talking about fan service, you have to constantly explain just why it's bad. Um, and it's like you can't get into deeper discussions because you always have to, like, restate the premise of the thing that you're discussing before you can even get into the discussion itself because other people always get involved in that sort of thing. And just, like, it's it's nowhere else. So by becoming kind of like the Mary Sue for uh, anime, uh, I think that sort of facilitated uh, a lot of people to get into deeper discussions or go to a place where they could know they could have conversations without just having to have these surface-level conversations like that. And uh, I think that's just sort of what made anime feminists different and deeper than uh, a lot of these other sites, which I think are very important. I, I love reading articles on, on personal blogs as well. I think all of them are uh, pretty much the same quality you can get on anime feminists, but uh, it's n not only the content, but also the, the forum that goes along with it and the, the staff that's sort of promoting it and pushing it forward that, that differentiates it. So personal feminist bloggers submit your pitches to us please yes we will pay yeah. you and you'll have a bigger platform yeah it's um it seems like the question is sort of asking about how how an individual gets started too and um i guess like it's the pat answer but just do it like uh, the reason my blog started is because i was kind of hanging around on the internet and i had just finished the woman called fujikomine and I found Oscar really interesting because he's my beautiful trash baby and mm -hmm. nobody was talking about the things that I thought were really interesting about his character and kind of what um, Sayo Yamamoto was, I thought, trying to do with, with queer narratives and themes because the Lupin fandom is traditionally kind of bro-y. So I thought, okay, I, I guess I just need to do this. And I, but I can't just have one article on a blog because then no one will respect and read it. So I wrote for six months so that I could have enough clout and backlog that people would read this one essay I really wanted to do. And that then, is a long uh, game right there. I really love Oscar, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wrote for two years um, just to put Oscar out there. Yes. No, you're joking, but I'm not. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it worked. <laughs> Um, but then that became really useful because even if, you know, only 100, 200, 500 people saw a piece that I did, those then that then became practice to A, have deadlines that even if it's only a couple dozen people, you know that you're expected to get a thing out. It also, the more you write, the more you begin to get an, an idea of what people like or what things you've tried that were effective. And then those pieces become samples that you can submit to bigger places when you pitch because they want a basic idea of, hey, can you string two words together and are your arguments cogent? So having a personal blog, even if it's not wildly successful on its own, is a very good thing to have just in terms of getting you other places. Like, And even for Anafem, I wrote, I wrote about Fujiko Mine, which got the attention of um, Caitlin, who's on our staff and runs the Tumblr heroin problem. She saw those recaps I did, which is how she got to know my stuff, Which and she was the one who then recommended me to Amelia. Yeah. So having your own personal space where you're just kind of doing your own shit, is, it's a long, long game, but it's really helpful. And if you want to contribute to us as well, I'd just say that it, it really helps to know that you have a stake in what you're talking about. So not we don't need particularly any expertise or anything, but to know that you'll you believe in what you're writing about so much that you're willing to write posts and put them up and promote them yourself, that gives me instantly the impression that you are approaching us in good faith, that you're going to be really committed to what you're writing, that you aren't. I mean, we have some kind of drive-by freelancers who approach us, and that's a bit of a shame. We have some people who approach us who aren't in good faith, and that's a shame. And a personal blog is is just a really instant great demonstration of your intentions. So I love reading people's personal blogs when they approach us. Yeah. 
I, I guess on the advice front, it would be uh, if you're writing a personal blog and are, are trying to like get yourself into that space, it's just a pitch. Like if you specifically want to do feminist stuff, obviously our, our site seems to be pretty good for that. Um, but you can also <laughs> you can uh, uh, pitch articles to Sakuga Blog, Anime News Network, even Crunchyroll and get your work more available to a wider audience. They always direct back to your blog, and then you can just sort of build your, your style from there and make your work more visible. And who knows, maybe if you work with one of those sites enough, they might invite you onto their team, and then you can do more content for them. And from there, that allows you to like shape what the site is. So uh, it's just, yeah, make yourself part of the community, I guess. I want to have a tagging system. For the love of God, tag your shit. Yes. <laughs> so that people can actually find things you wrote more than a week ago. Yeah, always put in an article signature that links to your Twitter and to your blog, necessary. Um, so it's okay. So the first part of the question, like, how did you become what you wanted? Uh, I don't know if I have yet, and I almost hope I don't because if I do, then I'll get bored and just retire. Um, <laughs> so it's like I want to, I want to kind of keep striving to get better and learn more and be able to talk about more things and etc. I, so I feel like my answer almost contradicts what you guys are saying, and I don't want it to. Like, I think these are all kind of important, but for me, and I'm just, I'm one of those people who I tend to like, like if I'm out like at a party or something, like with people I don't know that well, I'm really quiet for a while, kind of getting a feel for the crowd and listening to other people's ideas, and then I'll kind of jump in. And that was basically what I did um, with the Jose Next Door is I was reading um, a few different anime blogs and then the Mary Sue like throughout grad school when I was way too busy to do anything else and during that time like I picked up different different ideas different opinions from different people um, I saw kind of what was being said and then I also sort of noticed things that maybe weren't being said and then there was that thought of well do I want to say it and if so how would I go about doing that over time I think that's that's kind of where my writing has built from is this idea of, you know, um, can I join that conversation and then how, and then what can I add to it? Um, which is how I, how I went through, how I went through school too, basically. Um, and I've, I've tried really hard not to turn it into a lecture and I know I'm not great about responding to comments. So I apologize to everyone listening to this who reads my stuff and is like, why don't you ever respond back? I read and I like to just kind of soak it in and not like have an immediate like snap response. Um, and, Every, I, you know, I read them all and they inform me as I go forward and nuance is my favorite word. And that's kind of what I've tried to dig at with criticism as I always kind of try to think, okay, what, here's what I think. And then what maybe could be another way of looking at this, um, just to have that sort of expanded horizons, which is really sort of how I kind of got, I shuffled more and more into kind of the, the feminist side of anime blogging, um, is as I was picking up those different opinions those more diverse viewpoints that weren't um exp experiences not my own i started to kind of get a feel for like how much was out there and how much we weren't talking about that maybe we should be talking about so i guess my advice as this has been really jumbled and i apologize peter fix this in post <laughs> um, i'll do what i can uh, my advice is just listen. Listen a lot. Listen to people whose experiences are different from your own. Read their stuff. Don't immediately respond with some pithy comment like, think about it. Think about what they're saying. And maybe you'll disagree. Maybe what you'll take away from that is, I disagree with this, but you'll also take away, this is why I disagree with this. And that can expand, um, it can expand your own voice. It can, you incorporate those other viewpoints into your own voice. And then you also figure out like what maybe you bring to the table that other people don't based because you've been listening to all these all these different conversations going on i i think that's i mean i don't think that's necessarily counter to what we said at all i think that's amazing advice because even if even if the thing is put your stuff out there at, at the end of the day what if you the process of becoming a better writer is listening to other people and listening to what they say and particularly if you want to write about you know equality and marginalized voices we've all got some manner of privilege that inevitably you're going to run into that situation where whoops I stepped in I put my foot in it and now I've got to listen to how I fucked up and sincerely learn from that and it sucks and it's important and we all got to do it mm -hmm. I would I would echo a lot of what Dee said um I think when I first got involved in anime fandom again I mean this was last January I hadn't been involved for about 10 years um it's a long break it's, it's a long break, but actually it's not that uncommon. I've had a lot of people, particularly women, approach me and say, yep, dropped out about the time it started getting quite fanservice-y, quite moe, 
and they just felt like they didn't have as much available to them that they wanted to see. I mean, especially at that time, because anime was much more gatekept by what uh, DVD distributors were willing to pay for. Whereas now with simulcasting, we have more options. We have more of an ability to kind of try before you buy so kind of thing. So you can, it's a much lower barrier to entry. Whereas, you know, what, 2006? It was kind of DVDs or nothing, really. And that was about the time I was watching anime with people in my in my anime society at university. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that was quite a typical experience at the time. So a lot of people have taken this kind of long break, but I came back after these 10 years and I was amazed at how male-dominated the space had become, how kind of normalised the male gaze had been. I get criticised a lot for my use of the male gaze and I I get that and I'm open to it. But right now, I think you all know what I mean when I say that. Um, So a lot of of things that I I didn't like, I didn't feel comfortable with, I felt were quite unfeminist I felt that were worthy of more criticism of more exploration they weren't really being criticized they weren't really being explored the kind of most high profile names were people who had viewpoints that I found very interesting but they didn't discuss the specific points that I wanted to discuss so again you know there's there was a niche there that I wanted to to be in nobody else was there so I made it for myself and I did this for a personal blog first of all um, and then shifted it over to Anafem, obviously. I don't blog. <laughs> I have no time to blog on a personal level anymore. Um, but in terms of media criticism, um, something I was very keen for with my personal blog was that things be quite positive. So again, a, a piece of criticism that I get all the time is that, you know, oh, your, your blogging is really negative. You're always criticizing things. It's like, that's true, but actually... I think it's quite positive because we do try to give benefit of the doubt. We do try to look for the good in everything that we talk about. We do try to come up with better alternatives. And that's something that I feel really strongly about in my personal blogging. I love coming up with alternative ideas. You know, I didn't like the way they did this. Here's how they could have done it that I would have enjoyed more or that I would have appreciated more that I feel is more fitting. That's something I actually enjoy on a personal level. Um, for Anafem specifically, as a whole, it was very important to me that things be quite balanced. Um, so again, that balance between positivity and negativity, that a balance between the kinds of representation that we have. We are still not as diverse as I want us to be. We still don't represent as many voices as I want us to represent. That's going to be an ongoing challenge. I would love us to have more voices from certain sectors of our community. There are people who currently, I don't know certain sectors because I'm not in the right parts of Twitter or I'm not in the right parts of the internet so I yeah I can't know everything and I can't know everyone and just being constantly open to try and get more people to give us their insights from different perspectives that's something we're constantly trying to do but we have done better than some people in this first six months like we really are trying to get people to speak about their own communities Like the fact that I've had to write posts at times, and I say had to because they were time sensitive, but I've had to write posts about issues affecting mostly queer people. And that sits very uncomfortably with me. And I'm going to try not to do that again, because now I have the luxury of being able to approach people and say, I will pay you to do this for me in the next 48 hours. But there have been times when it's been a case of it just needs to be done now or not at all. And we can't really afford to pay people. So I've ended up doing it. I want to not do that anymore. So... I actually don't think we are there yet with the kind of media criticism I want, but I feel like we've got a better foundation than some people do. I really appreciate the fact that we have good relationships with professionals in the industry, but that we're not worried about calling them out when they do things that are a problem. That's something I really value. Okay, so the last question we're going to answer in this podcast, what do you think the next six months will look like? And that's by at seven is lucky. Um, I think it will look like me trying really hard to get comfortable doing podcasts. Um, I'm getting better. I'm definitely getting better. And this humbleness. Uh, (laughs) No, I really like they they just speaking um, without that. Again, like Amelia was saying, that buffer of being able to kind of edit your own words um, is very it's kind of stressful. So uh, getting kind of more used to being able to doing that more frequently is going to be a little bit of a thing to work on over the next six months. Um, as far as, but, you know, as far as kind of like, like actual planned things and, and things I'm hoping for going forward, 
I kind of echoing Amelia a little bit here. I really hope we um, can make this a platform for like as many different feminist minded voices as possible. Um, get more diverse opinions and different ideas. And um, just to kind of make this clear, because um, in case it wasn't to our readers and listeners, um, if we post a piece that you disagree with, you can write that. You can pitch that disagreement to us. We will post the we'll post yes. the conversation. Like we, we like that. We like that that kind of interchange exchange. Sorry, of ideas. Um, and so you know, I really hope that we're able to get more of those kind of different opinions across the spectrum um, on different topics. Um, and then also, you know, diverse voices, uh, different experiences, um, and then and then article types too, because um, you know we have been uh, critiqued, I think, somewhat understandably, um, for the fact that we're um, we pitch ourselves as anime and manga, but we've mostly done anime at this point. Yeah. And manga is difficult because it's not as it's not as easy as you know getting a Crunchyroll account and streaming like a bunch of stuff at once. Um, so it's a little bit trickier for us to get a hold of, but I do hope that we can get more of that in, and I think contributors will have a big part of that because they'll have series they're reading that maybe we all can't get a hold of but we can you know post their their thoughts on that series um so definitely expanding our um our contributors and the kinds of articles we put up and things like that um and then i am going to get that damn tumblr up and running i swear i will get us a tumblr (laughs) dear readers we will have a tumblr soon i promise um those are you want to write about manga pitch it to us Yes, please, yes. please. We will fast track it. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as much as stuff does get fast tracked, like I say, this <laughs> knowing there's like a backlog of editing I've got to do tomorrow. Um, but we we do really want to be more equally talking about manga and anime. Ideally, we currently have two contributor pieces go up each week. I would love for one of those to be manga focused and one of them to be anime focused. And I think we can manage that in the next few weeks. We would like to keep that up. So please pitch us your anime thoughts. Yeah, it's, um, I'd really like, you know, we're, we're really getting to a place where you, we can start hammering out what the site looks like on a day-to-day basis, and I would love to get that stabilized, you know, <laughs> knowing that if you come sure. if you come to the site on this day, this is the content you will find, and it will be there reliably. I, I, I and, you know, like, I, it's not, that that's not like me throwing shade. There are eight It's billion, well-deserved if you are. It's fine. It, there are, there are eight billion mitigating factors, but I would really like to to help the site get on guide because i want you know our readers to be able to to reliably know they can come to us and and see that kind of thing and also man i really really want to get a panel going for premieres that's that's like writing these for this last season was kind of my favorite and i i also loved reading everybody else's takes and i i would like to do basically what anime news network does but for our site and that has been a goal of mine since before launch. It was because I wrote the first set of premiere reviews before we launched. Um, and at the time I was thinking, this is just my voice. This is just my perspective. We're missing so much that's of value. And so I really, I would love to have, as you say, a panel of people who represent different voices, different segments of fandom, who can, you can see all of their views on one page. And from that, get a really strong idea of whether or not this series is for you from your particular perspective so that would be amazing and yeah shade completely deserved uh <laughs> i really I mean, wanna I see want to see anything collapse <laughs> I yeah i was yeah it's because yeah i definitely agree that you know having a calendar and being able to to pl- to have to go okay we're definitely like it, especially with contributors being able to tell them okay you know uh your piece has been approved it will be out on friday mm-hmm. the x day of the month um so they kind of know in advance too um, and again, it's like, it's tough. Please be patient with us. Dear listeners, we, uh, we all, we all work day jobs. Um, this is something, this is very much a, 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 a hobby. It's a jobby, I guess. Cause you know, there is some payment involved, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's our second, it's the second thing we do. And so that has, that has definitely led to some challenges, but I think we're, I think we're getting there. I think the past two, you know, past two, three months, we've been edging into having a more set schedule and keeping things running when they need to run. And I, I think like, you know, like I was saying, we can definitely keep that going uh, for him as we move forward too. Yeah. I mean, we, there were a good few weeks there where I was really keeping on top of it. There was one week where I had everything scheduled in advance. I was so proud of myself and then premiere weeks happened and it all fell apart again. <laughs> So maybe next, next premiere so season, by then I want it to be really, I want us to be 
producing our usual content as well as the premieres. That's my goal for summer 2017. You can hold me accountable to that. But I promise you, you won't hold me accountable any more than I do myself. I feel this every single day. It's like, I want to do more for Anafem. I want to do better for Anafem. I want Anafem to be better than it is and better than I can make it. So I'm constantly working with that in mind. Um, and I want the same things that all of you do. And I think we're in a really good position to make it happen. We, it feels like we're always just a few weeks of good work away from getting past that tipping point where everything is I say practically running itself, obviously it's all of us running it together, but where everything is kind of flowing and where we all have certain responsibilities which we fulfill and as a result, everything is stable, everything is predictable and reliable. So that getting to that point where that is all the time and not just a few good weeks before premiere season is absolutely my goal. Any final thoughts, Peter? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a, a couple uh, things that I've really, I think after podcasts, uh, the thing that I kind of really wanted to see happen was, uh, well, the Tumblr, uh, and also um, <laughs> I'm, gonna, some, I'm gonna do it, okay. Yeah, I, I all kinds of shade it. today. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, and live events, uh, which it looks yes. like we're gonna be moving into. Uh, one of the things we're cool. talking about all the time is uh, how we can really um, expand the value to our patrons, uh, like yes. really give them like try to figure out what they want to get um and i mean a lot of them uh, like we'll we'll ask them that and they'll just be like oh just keep doing what you're doing but um which is lovely of you yeah it's very sweet we want to do more for you yeah we want to we want to like give you extra value for the the amount that you're contributing to us so we're we're always looking for new ideas on that front Uh, one of the things we do think would be cool is doing live events for that kind of thing or maybe like meetups at conventions that kind of thing yes so yeah. uh, panels is something I definitely want to get into, and it looks like it's something we're exploring right now, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, given that uh, we're we're spread across three continents, uh, it's kind of a, a question as to how many people we can get or how often we can do like collaborative things. And we're still a super young site at the end of the day. So um, these are all very interesting things to talk about and plan right now. Uh, but that's some stuff I'd really like to see rolling out in the next six months. Um, as far as content, I'm really uh, looking for... Um, some, uh, you know, we said we were talking about expanding voices, uh, like getting more uh, unique perspectives. Uh, something I really want to bring to the site is more academic perspectives, like people who uh, really study this kind of material and, and can provide like really um, uh, more researched work, I guess, as opposed to um, uh, more of a, a, a kind of like blog thought kind of thing. Not to say that that's bad, but um, so, something that has more academic weight to it, I guess. Also, uh, Japanese perspectives, specifically in regards oh gosh, to yes. feminist criticism. Absolutely. Yes, because uh, one of the the it seems like the constant pushback we get is that they just don't criticize their media in this matter, uh, which I am very confident is not true. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's and and I know of a few uh, like voices in Japan who are specifically looking at media this way. It's just extremely hard to find their work. And then if you do find any sort of criticism like this, it is of course in another language. Uh, so that presents multiple challenges. First, finding individuals like this, especially ones who release regular content, especially ones who release content online. Uh, speaking with them and potentially translating all this work is is a really huge undertaking. But I think it's one that is very valuable. Um, so I would really love to see some more stuff like that in the future. I think that would be just absolutely amazing for the Western anime mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seconded. We do have a few Japanese people who follow us and support us. And there's there's one person in particular. She knows who she is. We're incredibly grateful for your contributions. And she comments regularly on under our posts. Um, and, you know, these people are out there. And we do really want to engage with more Japanese people. The obstacle is kind of asking people to write in a language that's not their native language. Um, I think that's quite a lot to ask. And even though we do pay people, I think that's still probably not as much as, as it really is because as well, if we if we speak to native Japanese speakers, uh, like we did in our, uh, our um, interview with Masaki, ideally it will be a bilingual post ideally we'll have it available in two languages so that's kind of asking them to do double the work and if we do that i want to be able to pay them double um but yes again funding always funding um so like interviewing more people would be great um hopefully we can make contact with more people who are willing to write in the two languages for us hopefully our budget will increase so that we can actively seek that out 
Um, the only other thing I'd say, following on from what Peter said about patrons, um, <laughs> once again, Amelia is an obstacle. I have asked multiple times, patrons, what do you want? Or what would make you become a patron? And people have given us answers and I've kind of said, yeah, that's a great idea. And they're not really put in into action. I've not necessarily engaged in it or I've taken it on board and then said, actually, this doesn't really work with what we do. So what I prioritize in the next six months, actually really much sooner than that, this is a high priority for the next few weeks for me, is to transform our patron offering to go from what it currently is, which is the more money you pay, the more influence you have on our content, which is something that I really shouldn't have promised, I think, and it hasn't really worked out because our content is kind of decided by what people want to pitch. Um, and that's as it should be. And it's what people are enthusiastic about at the time. And trying to curate that is more of a challenge than I thought it would be. And I, I really want to be able to support people to work organically and to say, I'm feeling really strongly about this right now. I'd like to write something. And the amount of people who've approached me from within the team and said, I just really want to bite about this one thing. And they've given me a post within 24 hours. And it's great to be able to go with that. But it means that I can't tailor things to what our patrons might want as much as I had assumed I would be able to. So I'd really like to shift from influence on content to a model where you actually get more access to the team. So the end result may well be more influence on content because if you have something that you really want to you really want to hear hear about or you really want to read a post about, chat to us in in a chat situation or if we're in a Google Hangout situation and you can really pitch us this idea and say, you know, I don't want to write it myself, but I really want to see a contributor write about it for these reasons, etc. It might have the same outcome, but it's a little less tied, I think, directly with if you pay X amount of money, you will get X amount of, of posts as a response. That kind of transactional relationship hasn't really worked out well so more access to the team and also the amount of people who like Peter said have said you know just keep doing what you're doing we just really want to talk to you and kind of be on board with what you're producing great come chat to us we like talking to you so that's that's a high priority for me in the near future and hopefully by the end of six months we'll have an even stronger community around us as a result so I think that's everything for these questions is that right think so yeah that's the uh yeah. that's the anything gang we did have a couple just um if you if you real if you had sent in a question and you didn't hear it um it's because we did get a couple that were very similar um so we kind of picked and chose that way um we we were not intentionally ignoring anybody no so, absolutely uh, not just kind of letting you know this isn't also it's not your last opportunity for sure no oh no we'll we'll probably do more of these this was kind of fun so yeah totally do enjoy the sound of my own voice and opinions this is great likewise <laughs> same <laughs> Okay, that's all for the questions today. We do have another podcast that will come out with the second batch of questions. You guys gave us some some really great things to talk about. Um, we had to have two podcasts to cover it. So in the meantime, you can find our work at www.animefeminist.com. You can find us on Twitter at Anime Feminist. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash And we do have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash animefeminist. Now, we said that once we got to $900 in income, we would be able to commit to weekly podcasts, and this would enable us to pay Peter, who is our editor, $15 an hour for his work. Um, but Patreon pledges do fluctuate. We're currently hovering around that mark. We've kind of gone up to $902, down to $898, and there is always a dip in that when the bank balances actually get hit. So really, we need to be closer to around $920, $925, to really secure those weekly podcasts going forward. So if you do have a dollar to spare a month, it does add up. So please go to www.patreon.com slash anime feminist. Send us a dollar a month to continue our work. So thank you so much to Dee and Peter and Vry, and we will see you again in the second part to this Q&A answering questions about anime. Bye.